Welcome back to the Sipping with Sin podcast, a podcast about stuff and things pertaining to gaming, content creation, horror, comics, music, pop culture, and more. Grab your favorite beverage and take a sip with us. Cheers to another episode and another week here at Sipping with Sin. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Happy to have you all tuning in and listening. We have a fun-filled podcast, and as you know, spooky season approaches rapidly. My favorite time of the year, without a doubt. So we may or may not be uh, implementing some spooky content into our uh, podcast this week and for the next foreseeable future. Uh, Maybe permanently, because, yeah, we like scary stuff. What of it? Get over it. Scary stuff's awesome, but we have a fun episode this week, and without further ado, let's get down to business. Let's welcome back our esteemed colleague, the one, the only, Christian. How's it going, everybody? It's good to be back for another week of spookiness. Spookiness, dude. Oh, my God. It's such a great time of year. Like, okay, before I get into it, I have one question that just popped in my head, and we're going to make this really short. When is too early to start spooky celebrating? Like, and by that I mean, you know, starting to watch horror movies pretty much daily, if you don't already. Uh, but but get in the vibe, listen to Halloween music. Like, when is too early? So, okay. So to answer the question um, the right way, without me just saying what I want to say, which is it's always time for that. Um, I want to say late August, like the last the last week. So start of September, last your week game. Of August, I think. It's good. Absolutely. I think <laughs> last week of August, you know, is, is where it is because here's the thing. When you're a kid, August means the start of school, right? Right. So when you when you get older, I think it's safe to say that when you when you get to like the last week of August going into September, that's when it's time. That's when it's time to bust out all of your orange. That's when it's time to start thinking about leaves. That's when it's time to start really getting into the spirit of of, of Halloween. And I'm super every September I get super excited about you know, spooky season in general and, and everything just being real fall like. And I'm, I'm talking about like Halloween fall, not like uh, not Thanksgiving fall, not wearing sweaters fall, not pumpkin spice lattes fall. I'm talking about Halloween in particular. Candy apples, jack-o'-lanterns, Ooh. the color orange, spooky eyeballs everywhere. That's something – you, you know, know, I've never done that for Halloween. We've never made candy apples as a family. Well, it's time for a change. I think I think you're right. I think I'm going to start that this year, actually. That's – ne- yeah, I'm going to do that this year. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna that would be a great photo op. How about that? That'd be so a follow great, the great photo socials. op. With what? I was just saying that'd be a great photo op with your son. Yeah, it would actually. All right. Well, I had to pose that question because I tend to get super excited. Obviously, Halloween's my favorite holiday. So, like, literally, I think it was September first. I uh, had Halloween music playing, and Miss Sim was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Hey, hey, it's time. I'm good." So I've already been listening to <laughs> Halloween music. I'm watching scary stuff. I'm planning decorations, costumes, all that stuff. Like I'm full mindset is going in that direction. So I had to ask when it's appropriate uh, per your uh, expertise. But we're going to get into the, the episode. And as you like to know, or as you like to know, as you know, what we like to do to start every episode, apparently I can't talk today, is 
We like to know what everybody's been watching, reading, listening to, or playing. So we're going to start with that. Christian, what have you been into this past week? Uh, so this week, I, I've been really busy, but I've made time to do to watch two things aside from like what we normally would be watching. Uh, I am still continuing the trek of watching Smallville. I am uh, I'm into season two right now. Uh, I'm I'm just going through it. It's really funny to go back and watch that show because it's really just a lot of drama. And I can't lie to you, I'm so tired of the Clark Lana drama already. And I know that I'm going to get that for several more seasons. So I'm just I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna get through this. Uh, and then aside from that. I decided to start rewatching Dragon Ball Z, and it has been a journey, man. Oh my goodness! What? Where are you rewatching um, it at, Mask? Uh, I'm rewatching it on Crunchyroll currently. Okay. I've been curious um, about that because I've actually wanted to watch it myself, but I wasn't 100 percent sure where to watch it. So Crunchyroll got it. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it on Crunchyroll. What I can say about that is watching it on Crunchyroll. It is the uh, original like Funimation dub. But it doesn't have the Funimation music, like with the Bruce Faulkner music. It has the uh, traditional Japanese soundtrack on it. So it's an interesting watch for sure. Um, but I do watch episodes on YouTube as well. And you can find full episodes with the original Japanese. Uh, I'm sorry, with the original Funimation dub and the original Funimation music as well. So I'm kind of going back and forth with that. I thought about just buying it on Blu-ray to watch it on my own time, you know, when I want to. Uh, but you can't. And I wanted to buy Kai because Kai is just uh, HD Dragon Ball Z with all the filler cut out, the original Japanese music um, and the newest um, dub from Funimation, not the old dub that we used to watch on TV all the time. But I don't know, like it, I can't find a full set. You can only find each individual season on Blu-ray or what have you. So I'm kind of looking into how to do that. And then they do have a box set that is a blue box set for the Blu-rays for the original Funimation run that we got when we were growing up. So I'm thinking about maybe just buying that and getting Kai later. Um, but anyway, I'm watching it right now, Crunchyroll. It's a good time. There are moments in Dragon Ball Z that definitely get me a bit emotional. And it's really funny because I don't even remember being emotional about that kind of stuff when I was a kid. But now that I'm an adult, getting emotional about it. And uh, the first scene that I can go into real quick without taking too long that I remember rewatching recently and getting emotional over was uh, during the Saiyan saga when Piccolo uh, saves Gohan from getting killed by Nappa and sacrifices himself. Dude, that scene tore me up. I'm not even going to lie to you, man. I was tearing up. I was swelling up. It was crazy. And Piccolo says some stuff that just, I don't know, really triggered some some feelings I didn't know I even had. And he tells Gohan, like, you're you're my first and only friend. Uh, I'm going to miss you, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I'm really proud of you. And then Gohan, like, you know, he's super sad and cries about it, of course, and then fights Nappa to no avail. But that scene just really got me, man. And, uh, dude, it, it's, a good, it's a good rewatch, I got to say. Nice. I, I would actually be game to rewatch that myself. So that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, man. I'm so trying to get, I'm trying to get the lady deal. into it. Yeah, I'm trying to get the lady into it. She watched the first episode, but um, of what they one? don't tell Dragon you what I forgot. Of Dragon Ball Z, okay. yeah. We just went right into Dragon Ball Z. The thing is, the first episode of Dragon Ball Z is actually just filler. Only two things happen in it. Raditz arrives on Earth and then like fights Piccolo for a second and then takes off to, to find Goku. Um, 
But other than that, it's all filler. It's just Gohan wandering in the woods and getting lost, getting his hat stolen by a, a saber-toothed tiger, Gohan, Goku looking for him, and then like a farmer meeting Raditz and trying to shoot him with a, with a shotgun, and it doesn't work. Like it, There's a lot of stuff in that first episode that really doesn't matter. So if you start watching it again and you watch the dub that I'm watching right now that's on Crunchyroll, I, I recommend just skipping to episode two. Um, but other than that, man, good watch. Okay, nice. Uh, for me, the the spooky season has got a hold of me, so I watched something that's been out a while. Uh, it might have come out last year. I'm not really sure, but it, it wasn't really something that was super on my radar. It's very um, teeny bopper, I guess, is the way right way to say it. But I've been watching Fear Street, uh, and I was actually right. finishing up before this podcast uh, the last one, which is whatever year. I forget. Uh, yeah. But it's 18 like 18 something. It's what? Is 18 something? Yeah, I can't remember. Because you have 19, was it 1994 or something? And then you have like uh, 1978 and then, yeah, whatever. Uh, farther back. I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, I've been watching that. And it's, I guess, done by R.L. Stein or either he was, it's based off of some of his work or something. As a kid, I yeah, they're, they're Fear Street is based off of books. So the Fear Street books are actually R.L. Stein books, and they are supposed to be a little bit more mature for okay. uh, older readers. So you had Goosebumps for the kids, and then right. Fear Street was for the teenagers. I loved R.L. Stein as a kid, and I read Goosebump books all the time. And that was like my favorite author, my favorite book series. That was my go to. So when I saw it was R.L. Stein, I was like, ooh. And it is definitely more mature. I 100% see that, you know, more blood and stuff in it. Um, it actually intrigued Mrs. Sin. She hasn't watched all of them, but I've been watching them, and what she's seen has kind of caught her attention. They're not bad. They are more teenage and a little more mature, but more teenage-ish, but they haven't been bad. Like, they've been all right, so it was okay for a watch, but they're on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, you can watch all three of them. They're all three different movies that, that take place, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been into this week. Nothing super exciting. Getting ready to uh, watch more spooky stuff. I'm like, I've already went through and, and made a list of like movies for October because we watch a scary movie every night. Um, it's our mm -hmm. tradition. And I've already made a list of movies that I want to I wanna watch. But I'm thinking about putting what day so I can be like, take out the time of trying to figure out what we're watching that night and just have like October 1st, we watch Salem's Lot or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty stoked on that. Uh, but that's what I've been uh, watching. It's 1666. 1660. Okay, 666. It makes sense. Yeah. 16. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 1666. So, yeah, that's the third part. And I think that's it. I didn't get to finish it. I was, I don't know how close. I was pretty close to the end when we started recording. So, uh, I'll go back and finish it afterwards. But it, it's been an okay watch. It's not, it's not the best. It's not the worst. I do like Arl Stein I still. Can, um, and I, I can't actually wait. enjoyed them, man. I liked them. The first one. I don't mean that it's bad. The first one was the worst out of the three and not because it was bad. It's just the story. The main story was fine and it got you started for the rest of the movies. Cause they the all kind of like so far to me. Yeah. The second one, the second one is the best for people like us who like slasher films, especially yes. uh, slasher films of like the eighties. Yes. So if you're into eighties slashers or late seventies slashers, the second one's definitely the best, but for people like, uh, like my fiance and stuff, she really enjoyed the third one because she's all into cults and witches and stuff. So the third one is pretty solid. I, I think I would rank two, three, and then one for me. 
Yeah, man, that's a good that's a good ranking for that. Because the third was pretty good. I got a um, watching it made me think of the village for some reason. I know it is nothing like the village, but I got that vibe. I guess just that error, that like Puritan pilgrim error kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But uh, I mean, they they were okay. They're not bad. They're they're better than I expected. Uh, but they are. I don't know. I mean, is it geared more toward teenage, yeah, teenage young adult? Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense then. But yeah, it's they're solid. Definitely, you know, if you're bored, you want to watch something spooky on Netflix. There you go. There's three movies right there, and they're all around two hours ish each, somewhere in that area. Hour and a half, two hours, something like that. Uh, but check them out. I'll probably end up watching those for uh, for um, October. I couldn't even think of the month for a second. Oh, but yeah, I'll, I'll most likely rewatch those. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna just jump into our first segment here, boys and girls, and that would be. She-Hulk. And I have a statement. I don't have a lot of notes on She-Hulk. I watched the most recent episode. Quick rundown for me, pretty much. This episode, uh, She-Hulk... Uh, you, Christian's not going to know who I'm talking about, but um, he, the guy that is impersonating magic or doing magic, uh, he is from Honorage, and I know him as Billy from Honorage. He's a director. And every time I see him, I think of Honorage. Uh, but he's pretty much... He was... Uh, trained in the in the magical whatever what is it called what uh what does wong do armitage no what, what's the, what do you call that like that magic sorcery no they he's he called it something instead of saying magic he called oh, it you, something he usually calls it the mystic arts there we go I'm mystic arts sure. there we go thank you okay the I thought dude you were is thinking briefly trained else. in Mystic Arts and does stuff, uh, pretty much, and they recruit her to pretty much give a cease and desist. And the rest of the episode is also about her dating life. And that that's about it. It's a very filler episode. Um, but I have a statement I want to make. And we're only this is episode four, right? Yeah. Episode five yeah. comes out next week. It's episode four. I'm having fun with She Hulk. I have to say, every week I'm enjoying it. It's a fun watch. It's a fun show, and I can't. I'm not. We. I'm not comparing it to Miss Marvel. Everyone, you guys have heard us talk about Miss Marvel enough. I'm gonna compare it to Moon Knight. I really liked Moon Knight. Moon Knight had its flaws, but I almost. They're two different vibe shows, but I'm really enjoying She Hulk a lot, and that's saying a lot for me because I went in with low expectations. I didn't really think it would be that great. I'm having fun with it. I think it's fun. Uh. There is a little bit of cheese ball in it. And even the filler episodes have been pretty fun. The fourth wall breaks are cool. I'm having fun with it. I'm liking it. It's it's up there as an enjoyable show for me right now. And I actually want to see her in more stuff as She-Hulk. And I, I agree keep- with you. Uh, I'm having fun with She-Hulk as well. Um, I kind of know what I'm getting into when I watch She-Hulk. I know that it's just a straightforward comedy I know that comedy takes precedence over everything. I know that Marvel will throw a bunch of jokes at the wall and see what sticks. Um, so, like I said, I, I knew exactly what I was getting into when I started watching the show. Um, I got to say, one comment that I have about this episode um, is when She-Hulk was going on a bunch of dates and whatnot, the guy that she dated that was like uh, like a fake Tony Stark-looking guy, um, the rich dude that she was dating, I'm... I just want to go on a limb and say I think that's the guy who hired the wrecking crew in the last Wait, which, episode. To which fake Tony Stark? To the long haired guy? The entrepreneur? 
The yeah, yeah, because made her she buy only, the drinks. Yeah, the one who was asking her if her skin was impenetrable and shit. Oh, like no, no, no. That's the dude after. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the guy from um, Baywatch. He was in the Baywatch movie with The Rock. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that dude. But I yeah, can't that, think of... I can't think of his name, but yeah. He was asking like a bunch of really creepy questions about her. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. I'm on, I'm on board. Yeah, I think that that guy right now, my theory is he's the person who hired the wrecking crew because if you think if you listen to the way he was asking questions and how he was so obsessed with her, it just made me think like he was the person who hired these people and he's trying to get more information on her. So the next time he sends them out after her, they'll have better information on how to take her down in order to get her blood so that he could become a Hulk as well. Um, I don't know where that's going to go because if you follow the comics, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But a lot of these Marvel shows tend to not follow the comics. So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Okay. It's been a fun show, though. Like, it's, I feel like it's working. What they're doing is working with this for me. Like, I don't dread watching it. And I watch it. And usually I'm like, you know, having fun with it. So I, I'm digging what they got going on right now. Makes sense. All right. Well, that's all we had. We didn't have a lot. It was a filler episode. There wasn't a lot that really went on. Dating life and, and that case. And that that's about it. Uh, a very surprising um, thing in there, though. I don't know how they pulled it off exactly. But they had the Sopranos music playing. And then they had what looked like a paused HBO Max screen in the background. <laughs> so that that's was really pretty funny. interesting. And, I, and they talked Sopranos a couple times. So it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's neat. They definitely like to break walls and, and barriers and stuff. And I'm all for that. Uh, but yeah, that's all we really have for She-Hulk unless Christian has any final thoughts. No, that's pretty much it, honestly. Yeah. Filler episodes. The good stuff should be coming hopefully down the pipe in a couple episodes because I think it is a little longer than the six. I think you said it's eight episodes, maybe. I think it is. Um I should probably look that up and check, but I'm too lazy. Okay. So hopefully, if not, then yeah. Good stuff should be coming up and we'll have more thoughts, but not a lot to really talk about on this one. So we'll move on to topic two, which we do have quite a bit to talk about. And that would be House of the Dragon. We just had, uh, what was it? Episode three, correct? Yeah. That's correct. Episode three. All right. Christian, do you want to? Since I kind of started last time, would you like? I know you've got notes. I know you're chomping at the bit. Do you wanna? You wanna just dive in? I would get love your swim to cap on. In. I'm ready. Okay, let's get it. All right, guys. So starting off, House of the Dragon, we learned that this episode takes place two years after the last episode because the king has had uh, a son with his new wife, Lady Hightower, and their son is ha- is celebrating his second year's name day i believe is what they call it uh but anyway it's a second birthday so they're doing that but the episode starts off with uh the house valerian seahorse emblem burning uh in the stepstones to let you know that this episode is about war uh, and that takes place after the uh the little the the last scene of the of the second episode when damon's talking to uh what's his name corliss so Damon and Corliss are losing the war against the crab feeder. I forgot his real name. I think it's like Kragus Dahar is his real name. Um, but I'm just going to call him crab feeder for the sake of this recording because it's easier. 
but they are losing really badly to Crab Feeder. Um, so we, we see that a lot during the course of this episode. Uh, even with dragons, they're losing. Uh, Damon shows up on his dragon and asks, you know, the Crab Feeder to come out because they're all hiding in these caves so that they don't get burnt alive by, uh, by Damon's dragon. And it doesn't work. And you got these people who were like bold as as shit, dude. They're like showing up with these flaming arrows, and they shot they shoot Damon while he's on a dragon, not to shoot the dragon, but to shoot Damon because they know better than try to shoot the dragon. His skin's too tough. And we do see as well when Damon gets shot in his uh, shoulder or whatever, the dragon reacts as if he were in pain. And I don't know if you listeners have read the books it's two books that are this so uh in the books they say that uh i think the direct quote is we shall not pretend to have any understanding of the bond between dragon and dragon rider that's from fire and blood that's a direct quote from like page uh shit, what was the page 515 no 517 page 517 um but that's definitely in there there's more to that quote but i only took that piece of it because I remember that being really interesting. So I think once a dragon bonds with a dragon rider, they 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 literally are one. So if one dies, the other may die as well, that kind of thing, um, especially when they're going to battle together. So that may be true. We might see that later on in this season. I'm hoping that we do. Um, after that, we see that uh, there is pressure for the king to name his new son as his rightful heir to kind of take Rhaenyra out of the runnings of being his next heir. The king doesn't want to act. Uh, he doesn't want to act on a lot of things. He doesn't want to act on naming a new heir. He doesn't want to act on war. And the lords make note of this. Like if you notice in the episode when everybody's bringing up him naming his son as the new heir and when they're bringing up Damon and Corlys going to war, he literally doesn't want to talk about any of that. He just he just wants to celebrate his son and and live a happy passive life. He like doesn't want to deal with any of that. And all the lords like look at each other and they make notes of it and eventually they're going to want his ass out because he doesn't take any action. And I think that that's definitely going to come back and haunt him later. Uh, then we go to uh, Alicent. Well, we, when you see Alicent in this episode, she's pregnant as fuck. Like, she, her kid is two years old. She's probably also two years old because all these people are pretty young. You know, all the women in the show anyway are pretty young. But like, she's also pregnant again. It's really hilarious uh, to me. Then you find out that the king has been trying to match Rhaenyra with other uh, lords so that she could get married. And she's super pissed off about it. And she just straight up doesn't talk to the king anymore. She hasn't really talked to him uh, in the two years that his heir was born. So that's really cool to see. Um, Rhaenyra eventually runs off uh, with her horse. And then Sir Kristen Cole follows her. And uh, she ends up killing a boar. Like, we'll get to that, though. That, don't, that don't has, doesn't happen right away. But we talk about the white heart being a symbol of royalty uh and that was a symbol of royalty before the dragons um it's in the books i think they'd say it in this episode too and for those of you who don't know white heart that's like a giant uh white buck it's supposed to be really mystical and whatnot um so they're trying to get the king to uh to kill one of those for his son's name day and also to like bring uh like good fortune to the realms and shit. Um, so we'll see more of that a little bit later. Uh, the king reminds Jason Lannister that Rhaenyra is his heir. Like, 
that's a whole thing. So we meet some Lannisters before, you know, the Lannisters, which is really cool. Um, so I don't know how you felt twins about that. Too, right? but like, it's thought, twin Lannisters. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were twins. I thought that was awesome. I'm not going to lie to you, man. That was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed uh, seeing those two those two characters. Um, with that being said, though, um, Jason Lannister, one of the twins, comes to the king and is pretty much trying to trying to get him to name his son as the heir and then take Rhaenyra, blah, blah, blah. And the king straight up just reminds him like that Rhaenyra is his heir. He doesn't want to change that. So I thought that was really cool that he backed, he backed his decision up. Uh, the king is told, however, to match, uh, I think his name is Lenore Valerian and Rhaenyra. And Lenore is uh, the son of Corlys. And we actually saw him in the first episode sitting with his sister when they were like, I think, 12 so we did see him before, and then we saw him again in this episode, like during the war with uh, the crab feeder. We saw him again. So we, I think we see him on a dragon too. So we've seen that character before, um, and we see him in this episode. It's really cool to see, um, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not incorrect, in the books, they do get married and have kids of their own before um, other events that take place that I won't ruin right now unless you ask me. But um, what else happens? Uh they will i remember i remember that uh when Rhaenyra was like in the woods or whatever with sir christian cole she said something and i wrote it down uh she said will they ever accept me as queen um and sir christian cole says that they'll have to like they don't have a choice that's not really the answer Rhaenyra wanted to hear she just wanted her she wanted sir christian cole to tell her the truth essentially because that's what she's been wondering that's what's on her mind but he pretty much just told her the same thing that anybody else would tell her you know uh, either they're going to have to do it because the queen, the king hasn't named a new heir yet. So you're, you're the one, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then that's when that boar attacks. Uh, and then she ends up getting the final blow on the boar. And it's really fun to see. She just kind of takes out all that rage and frustration that she's been bottling up and she kills that boar with it. Um, after Sir Christian Cole wounded, of course, but yeah, I thought that was really cool to see. Um, and like that lets you know, like, Every single episode, they show you that Rhaenyra is a badass and that she does things that the men don't always do, that the men don't always want to do. So that's really cool. Um, I really like that about her character. Let's see what else happened. Oh, the king uh, was asked to kill the captured stag. It was not the white stag that was promised. So the king goes to kill it and he does it really fucking badly. He has to stab it like two or three times, which really sucks with this giant fantastical lance that was made by the Lannisters. It's ridiculous. Of course, everything that they do is over-embellished and ridiculous because reasons. They're like the Kardashians of medieval times, so of course it was outlandish. Wasn't the stag um, like a symbolism too or or something because he's very uh, superstitious? Yeah. It, I mean, like the white stag made him question it, if he made the right choice making her the heir. I was actually going to get into that in a little bit. Oh, sorry. Just because it ties in. No, you're, you're cool. You're cool. You're cool. It, it, it makes sense. Rhaenyra and Sir Christian Cole actually see the white stag, and but he's getting ready to attack it, and she says, no, let it go, which is a good omen. So you're correct. And seeing her dad, the king, kill this regular stag and have to do it in such a brutal way because he didn't do it right the first time, that is absolutely a bad omen. So you were correct. I was actually getting ready to jump right into that. So yeah, 100% a bad omen, him killing that stag. And then the white stag that they see, which is the white heart, 
the stag that they were supposed to find for the king, like they didn't find it and Rhaenyra found it. So, I mean, that's just letting you know right there with symbolism that Rhaenyra is special. She is the heir. She's all these things that we hope that she's going to be. And the king is just slowly, slowly losing himself uh, and his kingdom. So we have that going on. Uh, Otto is still trash and he gaslights the shit out of his daughter again. We do get to see that in this episode. Um, and Otto's I just go back to what I said on the line. He's doing such a good job of being dude. a scumbag. Like, handed yeah, dude, like, scumbag. Absolutely. Dude, uh, Damon said it right in episode two. Otto is a cunt. Like, or episode one, I think, is when he said that. Yep. Otto's a cunt. And, like, it's, he's, he's, he's true, dude. He, he, he's not lying about that. That's absolutely true. It's um, making Damon look better and better, honestly. Yeah, this episode makes Damon look like a fucking beast. And we'll get to that in just a second. Um Damon gets the news, or sorry, so the king and Rhaenyra finally talk to each other. It's been like two years. Um, I'm not going to go into everything that they said because why would I do that, I guess? But he he literally swears to Rhaenyra that she is still the heir. And not only is she his heir, she gets to choose who she wants to marry, which very make it makes her super fucking happy like she gets to make her own choices on who she gets to marry which is big for that time period and she's still the heir which is also big for her so that's awesome um but after that uh the king kind of says that he's going to help damon uh and and corliss in the war so uh what happens after damon gets the news while that we're on his that brother, the on king, the king helping damon yeah. did you see the the mess up have you heard about that? Maybe, maybe not. So whenever Viserys goes to hand the letter to send the raven to uh, Damon, the, they didn't do the visual effects on his fingers that are gone from the rot, wherever he had that cut in the what, like episode one, I think, uh-huh. on the throne. And so it's like a green, uh, green glove thing he's wearing right there. And HBO's already been on record because people spotted it, saying that they're going to go back and fix that glitch where they didn't clean up the, the visual effect. Because you could actually see the green glove like his fingers. So here's the thing. One, no, I didn't catch that. But I didn't catch it because when I was watching the episode, I was also taking notes. So I probably was writing something down when that happened. And I missed it. Um, so that's just a good sign for me to take notes after I watched the episode, not during. Um, no, you keep I just didn't want to miss anything. You're doing good. I didn't notice until I saw <laughs> a post about it. Because, like, I don't know. I would... I, it's hard to catch a little detail like that. And plus, it's not like his hand's in the scene for a long time. He hands a letter and that's it. You know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. real brief. But someone caught it and I guess they posted it and then HBO's already, like, made a announcement about it. That's, I think that's fucking hilarious. But I do see what you're saying. Um, they, they love to shit on HBO for fucking up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on. The people get paid to not make those mistakes. So I totally get it. I mean... Somebody that worked on this episode gets paid more than I'm going to see for the rest of the year. So I totally get it. But anyway, um, we're almost at the end of the episode. Damon gets the news that his brother's sending help. Um, But before I even go into what happens next, like if you've been watching the show, you know how much it hurts not only Damon's pride, but his claims if his brother sends help and that's how he wins the war. Because the entire reason... The entire reason why he even 
agreed to go into this war in the first place with Corliss is because he wanted to prove to him, he wanted to prove to his brother and the rest of the realm essentially that he can do this by himself, that he is good enough, that he's worthy, that he, you know, all those things. So he's kind of like Vegeta in this sense. Once you say, hey, Vegeta, I know you need help. I'm going to help you. He gets pissed off because he's like, no, I got to do this by myself. So with that being said, he gets this news and then he beats the dog shit out of the person who gave him the news, which that really fucking sucks. With the helmet. Um, the helmet just, with the helmet, Yeah, dude. he just beat him mercilessly. Beat the hell out of this guy with the helmet for giving him good news. But like I said, that's the most... That's the worst news Damon can get, aside from like his family being dead, is getting help from his brother to to win the war that he started. So that's really bad. So um, with that said, um, Damon uses himself as bait uh, to you know draw up the crab feeder, and bro, Damon puts in some fucking work killing the enemy forces my dude like he put in work he killed it was definitely a suicide mission too he much rather die than let his brother aid him exactly he went in he went in gave up his sword that we already talked about that he's named and whatnot uh dark sister i think is, is the name uh, he he was like, I'm gonna I'm giving my blade up. This war is done. Blah blah blah. And as soon as they they believe him and start going in, he starts killing all these guys. He gets shot with arrows a couple times. He doesn't give a damn. He goes in, does his thing, and he holds up long enough for his forces, which are the Valerians, to kind of flank the forces to come in behind, and then on their dragons as well. They come in and help him out, and then even. Um, the Valerian kid that's supposed to marry Rhaenyra that I was just talking about, Lenore, he comes in on a dragon. They start blowing people away with fire. Was that, uh, was that and the Valerians long- or was that um, uh, Viserys's dragons? No, those are those are Valerians, man, okay. uh, in this. Because Corlys is a Valerian. Yeah, uh, yeah I knew so yeah, that, was, I just didn't know if that was the Viserys' who- sources getting there, or like them getting there quick. Yeah, and what I got to say is like uh, – Corliss's brother that we see in this episode, this talking mad shit, like most of the episode, in the book, he isn't Corliss's brother. He's Corliss's cousin. So I don't know why they changed that uh, for the show, but they did. I just wanted to drop that little nugget in case you didn't catch that. Um, but also, Damon kind of corners Crab Feeder, and we don't see the battle on screen, which I'm actually okay with because we saw a lot of a lot of battles and a lot of killing in this episode. Um I really, really enjoyed that you see Damon coming out of the cave and all this smoke and shit, and then he just has half of the body of the crab feeder because he had, like, bisected this guy, essentially. Like, it's awesome. He's covered in blood, um, too. His silver hair is just caked in it. and Yeah, it's, yeah it's it, he looks gross. Then you see... Uh, sea smoke the dragon that looks badass sea smoke the dragon is the dragon that i think uh lenora valerian was riding when he came in to save damon essentially uh so damon cuts dude in half the war is over he's a badass and that's essentially the end of the episode and i thought this was another great episode we're three episodes in and i haven't felt bored for a second yet um there's already subtle backstabbing, but it's not over the top just yet. And we, we're getting time skips each episode. So you really have to be paying attention when you're watching the show because they drop a little nugget of how much time has passed since the last thing that we, we witnessed as, as the audience. 
and that's it. They never bring it up again. So if you didn't catch that his son was two years old, there was no way you would have known that it's his two years in the in the future. Um, aside from knowing that Rhaenyra, not Rhaenyra, but um, Allison is is pregnant for the second time. So she's crazy on the show, man. Um, but my thoughts are as simple as this: uh, House of the Dragon is awesome so far. I hope it keeps up on this momentum. I hope that they don't wear the show out. I hope it doesn't overstay as welcome. This is definitely something that could last about two seasons and be done. Uh, and I would, I, I'm there here. I'm here. I was going to ask how many seasons you think they can get out of this because they are time jumping. So I mean, they're not there. There's stuff they could make, but it would definitely slow down the pacing of the show. So how many seasons realistically yeah. can they get out of out of this content, that book? I mean. Re- realistically i think that they could make about three to four seasons out of this if they wanted to how many seasons do i think that they should make uh two seasons you got this season and then you have another season i think would be plenty um and if they really wanted to stretch out the war of the uh the war of dragons essentially like that could be three seasons maybe but yeah i think two seasons is more than enough to do this okay gotcha I mean, the episode was another banger. It's so good. Um, trying to think of anything you might have not covered. Um, I didn't talk about Damon showing up with his dragons at the beginning of the episode and killing that guy on his so own So I do team. have a question. How do the Valerians have a dragon, and how can they ride a dragon? Because I thought only Targaryen blood could ride. Which technically... Hold on. Let me roll back. So, Valerian's son... I, I keep messing up his name. Corlys? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. His son is who's riding, correct? Yeah. And he's of Targaryen blood because his mom is the queen that never was. That's right. Okay, so that's why he can ride a dragon. That is correct. Okay. All right. That makes sense now because I was about to say, how does a Valerian get a dragon? But okay, I pieced that together. You're welcome, podcast. I helped you a lot. Um, uh, uh, la, la, la. What was I going to say? Uh, Viserys' son's name, Aegon, which is also Jon Snow's real name uh he's like yeah, Aegon correct. the sixth this is uh, is he the he's the second he's the second because you had Aegon yeah, the Aegon conqueror the that came before them before all this so this yeah, has been Aegon the second i think that was born yeah that's that's right okay um what else was there uh valerius uh viserys not valerius jesus viserys is superstitious he's definitely questioning you can you see it several times he's questioning a lot with did he make the right choice naming, um, naming his daughter the heir? And they're already starting to work towards that arranged marriage. Who is it? Um, I can't think of the dude's name. He comes to the the king, and the king's like, "Oh, let me guess. You want your son to marry my daughter? That's your proposal." And he's like, "No, it's the same one I gave you two years back. Marry the Valerian, you know, and have the two houses unite with her and and um." I can't. Whoever you said his name was, I can't even think. Lenar, who? Lenar Valerian. Thank you. Yes. So pretty much them two marry. He pitches that idea, which you can tell Viserys is really thinking about. And I think they want, uh, they want her to think she has the option, but really they're going to steer her towards marrying him. Essentially, right? Mm -hmm. They want her to think she has the power because if they tell her you're marrying this person, she's going to rebel. Much like the Lannister. Um, one thing I did like with the Lannister encounter is Lannisters and Targaryens just don't like each other. And I thought that was funny and really cool at the same time. 
Because as he talked, he's just so arrogant and cocky and, you know, kind of like you said, everything's over the top with the Lannisters. And she's just kind of, like, revolted by him the whole time. And it's just, you feel like they've never liked each other throughout history. Like, those two houses have never got along. Yeah, I agree. That was a really good episode. All three episodes have been really good. I'm loving the show so far. Um, I hope it continues on this path. The dragons have been cool. I don't know. How did you know that dragon's name? Where did you get that? Did you just make that up? Uh, from the books, man. That's oh, from the books. Pretty much okay, it. who is Damon's dragon then? What's that one's name? Do you know? Say that again? I'm sorry. What's Damon's dragon's name? Can you say that one more time? Um, I knew his dragon's name because he said it in this episode, and I forgot. So, Daenerys uh, is... I forgot. Um... Marac, not Marac, Syraxis. Syrax, Syrax, no, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's something Marac. I think it's Syrax. There is a Maraxis, but I don't think that's no. Warner. It is Syrax because it, I remember when she said it. I was thinking Mortal Kombat. Yeah, so yeah. I mean that one's an easy one to remember. Okay, all right. So yeah, Game of Thrones. So far, all three episodes bangers. Um, curious to see where it goes. I mean. The politics are already there. The chess match is already going on. Kind of like you said, the subtle backstabbing. The stuff's already going on. Everything that makes Game of Thrones what it is, already happening. We just had our first like really big... I mean, we had a, a battle scene, and it was pretty nice, I have to say. Damon showed how strong he was, and also lucky and kind of... Things just kept... He, it's like he would accept death, and things would just keep happening to keep him alive. But he is a mm -hmm. good fighter. You can see that he is skilled. Um... That was a cool scene. That was a really cool scene. It, it built his character. And the more and more we're seeing Damon, the more and more I'm like, well, Damon's kind of seeing things the way others don't. He is violent. And that showed in how he come out with uh, with old Krabby Patty. He brought him out all sliced in half. He is violent, but I don't know. It makes me like Damon more. Is that weird? Am I, am I wrong for that? No, I don't think so. I mean, because you kind of, at the beginning, you're shown Damon's the bad guy. But is he, though? At this point, like, I'm almost now questioning, is Damon really the bad guy in this? Because Otto Hightower is a piece of shit. And you, I have the middle finger, as you called him last episode. I'm just, man, I'm ready for him to go. But I know it'll be a while. Yeah, I, I think that by the time, I think that by, and I can't remember this from the book, so I, I don't want to say this is the truth. But I feel like by the time Otto does die, he's already going to have his daughter so indoctrinated with what he wants her to be that she will be the new, you know, sneaky high tower person. So we'll see. Game of Thrones is so good at doing stuff like this, though. They'll be like, hey, this person's a piece of shit. And they'll just kind of show you right away. And then they'll give you an art to make them not a piece of shit or less shitty. Uh, I.e. Jamie Lannister is one. Like, yeah, the Hound is another one. I guess you could technically say too. Like they'll they'll make it where you actually care for them, and they start to develop more towards good, you know, or at least more in the gray. I don't know. I'm curious to see where Damon goes. I am. He's got me intrigued. I think Matt Smith is killing it as him. I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the show. And uh, yeah, any other thoughts? That's about it for me. Okay. Well. Onward to episode four, which I can't wait, will uh, be this Sunday. I know the missus is super into it. Um, 
Oh, uh, there's something she has wanted me to ask you for weeks. I think I know what it is because I was trying to figure it out myself. Do you know, and when they sit down at the, the council meetings, right, mm-hmm. with the king, they all bring these spheres and they put in the table. What is that? Do you know? Oh, damn. You know what? I knew that and forgot it, and I didn't write it down. So oh, I think shit. it's something to do with I, showing that they're present, but I don't understand the full symbolism of it because I wasn't really sure either. I'd have to like go back and look again and remember what that is because I remember when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is blah, blah, blah. But now that you've asked me and put me on the spot, I they, they show it so a lot I'm, too. They, uh, yeah, they they show the different thing. Like they make it a point to show them putting those spheres in like the little grooves in the table when they sit down for meetings. Yeah, but good show I so far. I don't remember. It might be the emblems of their houses showing that they have bent the knee to the king. Um, okay. But I don't want to lie to you. I have to go back and look. Christian will return with that answer in another episode. <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, that dude, I don't think I have any negative things. It feels like Game of Thrones. I've said that before, and it's probably a really weird statement. But Game of Thrones is seriously one of my favorite shows of all time. So for this to not feel... It doesn't feel like its own... I mean, it's new characters. It probably makes no sense. In my head, this makes sense, though. It does not feel like, hey, here's Game of Thrones, now here's a spinoff or a different show. It feels like I just have Game of Thrones as another chapter of game of thrones does that make sense just following different family do what i said for me it just feels like it's following a different family which it is it feels like i'm literally watching game of thrones like if i had a collection of it this would still be there it's not like oh here's its own separate thing you know that has a kind of a different feel it i think they're doing a really really good job with it from the visuals everything I'm, i'm really enjoying it so far um but yeah I think that's going to cover it on this week's episode. Christian with a lovely descriptive breakdown of the episode. Thank you for that, sir. And uh, I think for our next segment, Christian had uh, something he wanted to do. I think he had a question or something for me, possibly. That is correct. I wanted to ask you this question on the podcast, see what you would say to get your brain going. How does answer C? (laughs) Unfortunately, no. No. Uh, but uh, without any further ado, my question is this. Okay. How would you write Halloween 2018? So when I when I say that, I want you to understand, you don't have to keep anything that was in Halloween 2018. And if there are things that you would absolutely do the same, you can say that. But tell me how the sin, the sinister version of Halloween 2018, how, how does that look? To tell us we, we're dying to hear it. First off, that's pretty damn tough. Because there's a lot so that I feel Halloween? like I have to yeah. consider. Do I want if you're gonna go oh, I thought you meant a, do what? <laughs> what I thought you meant the name Sinister Halloween. I thought you meant that was pretty tough. I was like, oh don't thanks, man. I appreciate it. Ooh, what if that was a movie? The, welcome to Sinister Halloween. That'd probably be like It'd a be, lame TV show though. I probably wouldn't get a movie. It's, um, it's this movie you're about to describe right now. Okay, so there's a lot of moving pieces. First off, I want a preference with saying, out of the new ones, which there's only two, Currently. but I really like Halloween 2018. I was very happy with that movie, personally. Um, 
So, man, that's okay. There's things I, I would have to consider. Would I want to scrap the whole idea that Halloween 2 didn't happen? Like the 80, 81? 81 Halloween 2, right? I don't I don't want to influence you with what I is would it do. Halloween? Is, was that 81? The original is in 78. 81, right? Wasn't it like yeah. three years? Yeah. Did you say no? No, that's you're correct. Okay. Do you Okay, do you go that route and bring the fact that they're brother and sister so you have that connection or do you scrap that completely and that's just lore? Cuz that That's up to you. See I don't know. I mean I I like that aspect of it, them being brother and sister cuz it makes it I don't know, you have a, a reasoning, but then again it also is kind of scary that he really didn't have a damn reason. He was just literally a shark out there just feeding and doing what he wanted. And that's kind of what they make him in this one. Um, damn. I mean, I could see arguments for both sides of that. It's I'm stuck on that like right away. Um, okay, first off, I would 100% keep the intro. I love the okay. pumpkin. I love the oh, like the nod to the original stuff, the music, all that with the pumpkin stuff. I would keep that. Um, I'll, I'll like, give me a second to think about the Lori thing. If it's if I would make them related or not. Um, mm-hmm. I would. Let me ask you this. I would. I know one thing. I would take out, and this is really mm-hmm. weird for me because I like brutality. There's one scene I would. Keep, but make less brutal just for the fact of I feel like it. it's not even needed. And that is when uh, the new doctor, which is the new Loomis, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Artane. Thank you. He is down, and Michael is looking at him, and Michael puts his mask on, and he says, say something to me, and Michael stomps him. Michael could still stomp him in the face. That is fine. I just don't think you need it to like essentially explode his head like a pumpkin. I don't think that was really necessary. That's the best part of Halloween six. Uh, what is it? The revenge of Michael Myers or whatever. When he, uh, the dad gets his, gets electrocuted and his head blows up. Remember oh that? God. So you like the over the top eighties. I just don't think for this movie, cause he, he'll kill people, but he, he's not doing anything like Rob zombie brutal. Like you could still stomp him. And maybe his face cave in or something. Some, but I don't think it having a literally look like he stomped a pumpkin. I don't think you had to go to that extreme. It was needed. You could still have brutality, just not that much. With that one. Oh, Kill, that's that's more like something much. they would have in Kills. Kills was like over the top. Hmm. So you you would have like the original Halloween style kills where it's mostly stabs and, yeah. and off camera. I mean, that, that was the movie, was it not? Until that yeah. stomp? Yeah. Was there any over-the-top kills that I'm not thinking about? I mean, well, he did have that entire scene where he walked through the neighborhood and just murdered people. That's fine. But he didn't. it wasn't over-the-top, which he didn't. Okay, I'm going to bring this up to you. Have you ever wondered why he didn't mess with that baby? Babies probably don't mean anything to him. They're harmless. They're not even people yet to him, most but likely. But if he's a shark, why? I mean, that's still prey. He just... He murders everybody without even thinking about it. But then he gets to the baby and just kind of looks at it and then he goes about his way. Yeah, I mean, like... There has to I be something my thing that, right? Is, 
there is nothing there's nothing to gain from killing an actual baby like it can't even run away or attempt to run away so you're saying it's it not worthy really... prey is that what you're getting at i mean essentially yeah it's one it's not worthy prey and two like he i don't see what he could gain from killing a baby essentially like killing a, a child sure and he totally does in this movie kills a kid but like a, a baby that can't talk and stuff like there's just nothing nothing there and a baby's probably not afraid of him either so like why what's the point do you think that's part of it like if you're not afraid of him he he doesn't go after you i mean does he sense fear and then therefore he goes for it maybe i'm asking weird questions while i think about stuff right 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 um well let me ask you this since you're thinking about it and i know this is a lot would you keep or would you leave in or take out the podcasters that are essentially the the reason why this movie happened to begin with oh the beginning well Mm -hmm. their sole purpose is to recap pretty much the the events of the other one because me and you know and horror fans know halloween but if you get some 16 17 year old going to the movies to watch a scary movie about a slasher most of them probably are not going to have seen the original Halloween or they're going to think it's Jason or like they, they mix it all up. So I guess that's kind of what their purpose is. They were okay. Uh, but my question is, I did like the scene your... of him in the insane asylum, like motionless, like emotionless, sorry, not motionless, emotionless. And just, I don't know. The mask is a little weird too. I, it gives him power ish. I mean, I guess that's maybe a trigger for him. I guess that's what that is. Um, so in your Halloween 2018, though, in the sinister version, do you need the podcasters or do you just respect the fans of the franchise and you you take them out because we don't need a recap? What do you do? I think I take them out, although that it is a pretty vicious kill. Um, and it's a creepy scene with him putting the teeth under the, the stall. Mm-hmm. That's pretty creepy. I do like that. I think you could almost go the direction of instead of the podcasters, which they also introduce Lori. Um, maybe. So you how could, would you introduce Lori then? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Maybe you could do like. Uh, so what? This is taking place 40 years after the original, right? That's correct. But you could almost do like a it, like um. What the hell are those shows called? Um. Not Dateline, but you know what I'm talking about? Like those new shows that will come on and have like specials. Mm-hmm. You can almost have that be like 40 years ago, you know, Haddonfield was struck by blah, blah, blah. And like maybe have a news anchor talking about the grisly murders and Michael Myers, the suspect or whatever, has been apprehended. And he has been locked up in. And then you could show like that, like the, the insane asylum. Um, and maybe, you know, from there you could like have like a camera go through the insane asylum and see him just like the back of him i don't i like that you don't see his face i do really like that i'm all for not seeing his actual face but seeing like maybe the back of his head like you know just staring off kind of like he was uh and then they could talk about you know soul survivor laurie strode and then you know she's whatever hermit now or i don't know however you want to do it and then maybe you how would laurie be in in your movie do what she'd be the same different how would your lori be 
I think I like how Lori is. I think she's scarred. I think that's something that a lot of horror movies don't do currently. Is if you're in a traumatic event. Okay, if you, Christian, were in Lori's situation, you got hunted by the damn boogeyman as a what is she, 16, 17 in the in the movie? Mm-hmm. How old is she supposed to be? 17? I believe she's 17. Okay. At 17 years old, you got hunted by a killer, the boogeyman, for no damn reason at all. This dude just killed your friends and hunted you down and stalked you, and then it was over. Would you not be, first off, if he stabs you which or anything had cut, you're going to have some scars of some kind on you. And would you not have like some kind of psychological damage? I'm sure I would, but I don't know if it'd be that. But that's the thing, though. I if mean, she's writing hunt, though. She's like if you're if you're writing Halloween 2018, and it's the sinister Halloween 2018. Do you keep them siblings? Do you take that away? Oh god, Are you why going- did you have to come back to this, man? That's tough. I do. I think it makes it creepier not making them siblings. But I do actually. I think why I like them being siblings is because that's what I'm used to from Halloween one and two. And then on moving on forward, them having that bloodline or even the Rob zombie making her, his baby sister that was in, that was there the night he committed the crimes, which I don't think any of the other ones talk about that. They just said they're related. Mm-hmm. Did they actually say where she's at the night he committed the crimes in the originals? Uh, no, they don't. So they just leave it up to like, well, she was somewhere. I don't, I don't, they don't, yeah, they don't really go into it because it's only in that one film where they talk about it at all. Then after that, that you just know that they're isn't, related. Isn't it because Carpenter didn't think it would get a sequel? And so he didn't really plan that far ahead. And then he was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. He wrote the movie in one night on a case of beer. For Halloween 2? Yeah. That's insane. One night. He didn't want to do Halloween 2. He wanted it to be an anthology, and they told him straight up, no, you have to do Halloween 2. It made too much money. So we're making another one, and we need the script by this time. So he got fucking drunk on beer, wrote the whole script in a night. Carpenter is the man. Carpenter is such a damn legend. Because Halloween 2 has so many iconic moments. Okay, so I was going to say that screws up the whole 40-year timeline, but Halloween 2 literally takes place the night into the next morning, does it not? It continues on. She's in the hospital. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same night, so it doesn't ruin anything. Okay, I, okay. Here, here's what I think. Here's my timeline. All right, this could change, but this is on the fly, on the podcast. You keep the original Halloween, obviously. You're not getting rid of that. And then you keep Halloween 2. Okay? All right, so they're siblings again. We're, let's go with it. They're siblings, sure. We're going to trust in Carpenter. And then you bring Halloween 2018. We're scrapping everything else. After Halloween 2, everything's gone. Gone. No more. Halloween 2018. And then you do the same thing. You have Halloween 2018, and then you would have a sequel that would wrap it up. So you do the same thing like the Halloween night is essentially broken into two movies of the incidents. Like Halloween and Halloween Kills? Yeah. Okay. That's what I think you would do to make it kind of like mirror each other. 40 years apart, two Halloween nights, all hell breaks loose kind of thing. So for me, 
I don't I don't have the answers to all the questions, but quick on the fly, Dude, I it's would hard. keep them. There, there's a lot of moving pieces in here that make me want to like keep tweaking my answer. I have to say that's a damn good question by you. That's hard. It is. Um, I would keep them siblings. I would Why? take out. Why would the you podcaster. keep siblings? Though? What is your reason? Do you think it's better Michael being Lori's brother, or or are you just like it because it's from the original? Like, what is your reason behind that? I would keep them siblings because one, I grew up with that, so that's what I'm used to. So it's a bit of nostalgia. And then the second reason is because I would want Michael to have a reason to meet up with Lori again. Because one of the biggest issues I have with Halloween 2018 is that Michael doesn't give a shit about Lori. Lori just cares about Michael due to trauma. And they would have never have met again had it not been for Dr. Sartain. So that's the that that is one of the issues that I have with the film. Um, so what I would do, I would keep them. Do you siblings. not think it makes him scarier keep, not having a reason, just like literally just being a predator out in the wild? I mean, he's he's not scarier or less scary if he has a sibling that he still hasn't murdered yet. To me, would you explain the, it then in yours? On yeah, that's I'm gonna where, get where, to I mean, where like if they're related, would you explain like? I mean, does no one ever like wonder that where in the hell is she if they're related that night? Because he killed his sister. He killed, well, who all did he kill in the original? His sister, just his sister? He killed his sister. Because I'm getting mixing Bob. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie kills the boyfriend, the, the dad, and the sister. Yeah, are you talking about just the night? The, just the Halloween night, night as a kid. Michael Myers in clown suit. Just his sister. Just his sister, okay. So where's the other sister? Trick or treat. If I had to explain if I had to explain it, I would just say that she's out with her parents um, because she would be super young at that point because she's younger than Michael. So they could have been taking her. They could have been taking her trick or treating if she's old enough, or they could have been going to do whatever, and she could have been with a babysitter at the time when he snapped. How you know old what I mean? does like that she, make her? How old does that make Lori? You mean? Yeah. How old do they say? Like, how much time has passed? From Michael as a kid to Michael in 1978. Um, he's he's 21 years old. So he's at 21. Whenever he, he's going on his murder and spree, he's 21 years old. Yes. So he's probably what six, roughly he's eight? eight. He's eight. He's eight. All right. Pretty sure. So how old does that make? Does that play out no, right, no, no, no. age wise for Lori? I think he he I think he was six, six year old. I think it's oh man. Now I gotta look it up. I think he was six. So that means Lori could have been uh, what two? Is that right, math? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'm just seeing if like the math would even line up. Like I've never thought about that. I always just kind of took Carpenter's word, but like I never really thought about the backstory until like Rob Zombie stuff when he started just like implementing his own backstory and like running with it. Okay, continue yours. Sorry. All right. So to go back to what I was saying, they're still siblings. Um, I would take the podcasters out. Um, what what would happen is as simple as he's getting moved like he was initially. He's getting moved. Uh, Dr. Sartain is making sure that it happens because he's a Loomis follower. So instead of him being super evil and behind everything, I would take that out. 
Michael would cause the crash on the bus. I'm sorry, Michael doesn't cause the crash on the bus. Lori, the scene that we see Lori in in Halloween 2018, the original one, what happens is Lori is following them to make sure it happens. And instead of her causing the crash, which I thought about, I think it would be great if she just kind of followed along and witnessed that the bus did crash. She tries to get out in order to kill Michael, but she gets in a crash too. Because I think it's more fun if Lori's character doesn't necessarily meet Michael just yet. We don't see his face. We don't see the mask yet either. So what happens is she follows. She gets in a crash with the bus. Once it crashes, Michael kills some of the people on board to get off. They get off. The same stuff can happen with the kid and all of that when he kills the kid, like going fishing with his dad or whatever. All of that stuff can still happen. Michael would make his own way back to Haddonfield because they're not that far away from the, from the town. He would get back there. He would probably go right back to the Myers house. But I think what I would do if I were in that situation, if I'm writing it, what I would do is have him go and do kind of what he did in the original Halloween. So he breaks into a shop. He steals a mask, which happens to be uh, Michael Myers mask, because at this time, I think that he's popular enough where they're marketing off of this. So he would go to buy that ma or go to steal that mask. He would go to steal some weapons and whatnot. Um, what happens afterwards? Uh, after that, he would go on his spree like we saw. He's already suited you know, up. He's cool got a new he stole map. The mask. You know how like masks have like the little like hanger thing on top of it? It usually has like the mm -hmm. name like Halloween and stuff. If it said mm -hmm. like the shape or the boogeyman like on top, it's kind of like an ode to the old ones. That'd be dope. Yeah. We could totally it's like a little use Easter. That. Okay, sorry. Um, so he steals that and then he goes into Haddonfield and kind of stalks people out and he starts picking targets just like he did in the first one. Uh, he could steal a car even. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, so yeah, he would steal a car. He would steal masks, steal some knives, steal some rope just like he did in the first one. And he would just go back on another killing spree and start doing that again. Lori would wake up, come back to the town, tell the sheriff what's going on. Of course, they don't believe her until they see it for themselves. Then they would start, you know, trying to to avoid mass panic we would see michael go on his killing spree and then laurie would try to find him from that point and then that's when we get you know it'd be a bunch of kills ensue and all that he finds new targets and i think what would happen is he's killing these new targets these new babysitters trying to relive what he did the first time essentially but also uh looking for laurie because he doesn't know where laurie lives right so I think that she should find him. That's more impactful to me if she finds him. He's in another house killing other babysitters or whatever. She saves them. They have their final battle or whatever. And I think in my Halloween 2018 film, uh, I wouldn't be concerned with sequels. I would probably kill them both and have the house burn down like it did in the original. But uh, at the very end of the movie, I would probably have uh, maybe an end credit scene where Lori's, you know, is confirmed dead and then you still hear him breathing and you don't see his body in the fire like you see Lori's to let you know that he's still alive. But I wouldn't plan for that to be a sequel. I would just have it that way because to me it's scarier uh, that the killer gets away. And I always love those uh, those movies where the killer, you know, makes it away in the end. And we don't just leave a stinger open for a sequel. But, you know, if I get paid enough, sure, I'll make a sequel to it. But that kind of thing, that's what I would do. 100%. I and like also, that. my Lori wouldn't be 
my Lori wouldn't be like uh, this gun happy Lori that we saw in this one. My Lori would be more akin to the one that we saw in Halloween H2O. She wouldn't have a daughter named Karen. I think that my Lori would have twins and her twins would be named John and, uh, and uh, Jamie. That's what I would do. So she would have Why twins. John it would Jamie? be John. Huh? Why John and Jamie? So John is the son that she had in H2O, so I would bring him back. And then Jamie is the daughter that she had in Halloween 4, 5, 6, all that. So I would bring them back into it and make them canon characters. So that way she had two kids. And I think that having Jamie be the stronger of the children. Wait, wasn't Jamie John a little Moore, girl? She was a little girl, yeah. Am I thinking of the same Jamie? Yeah, Jamie was the girl that was played by uh, Dan- Danielle Harris in the That's in the Lori's sequel. daughter? Yes. What? I thought they were like somehow other way related. How did you not know this? Because Michael is her uncle, remember? Oh, yeah, he is her uncle, Andy. Yes. I don't know. So I, I would bring about it. The- I always thought Danielle I Harris was hot. I can't lie. Isn't that her name, Danielle Harris? Danielle Harris, she's still she's Not still as a very, kid. Very let me clarify. Not as I know a what kid. you mean. The but she's also been in movies like um she's been in a lot of horror movies. Hatchet two, possibly. She, she was in Hatchet, she was in Rob Zombie's Halloween, she was yeah, in, oh yeah, she wasn't oh yeah, she was in there. She was in an episode of Boy Meets World yeah, season she's been in two. A lot of stuff. Okay. Um but, it's funny you said would, something about would, the fire. I was thinking about that. I would keep the fire in mind. Mm-hmm. I would not show the fire trucks coming. Because kind of like you, I would leave it as we don't know. But it also leaves it open for if I wanted to do a sequel, like to continue it, you know, like I would keep it as a thing. That way it's there. But if it also tanks, then it's wrapped up. Yeah, what I would do is have Lori. Why would you you kill her in the original and not wait until the sequel, though? Because it's not about her anymore. Michael Michael's done what he wanted to do, and then You've if made I made him a such scene, a god, though, out of that one with them dying, like them dying together and burning, that how could you top it in your sequel? Well, that's what I was gonna say. If I were to make a sequel, then in my sequel, it would be the new generation of Strodes, essentially. So her two twins, oh, John and Jamie, it would be them. Okay, so we wouldn't need Lori anymore. Lori's story is done. Okay. Would you so okay made, in Christian's Halloween? Would you kill Michael at the end? At the end of my sequel? Yeah. At the end of my sequel, I would probably kill Michael only because I would want a definitive end to the story, and I wouldn't want somebody to come behind me and fuck my story up. I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could actually take the thing is here's the thing dude here's this is how i feel about that or i would have him maybe die and then someone like at the end maybe like a sheriff or somebody or someone makes the the line that you can never kill the boogeyman meaning that like in some shape or form he could return the reason why i would kill him in my sequels aside from what i already said is if you if you leave it open and you don't have any plans to come back to it to like make new movies out of it, then you leave people with that burning question for a little while. And that's really cool. But the way that Hollywood works, 
somebody would definitely come in and like like uh retcon the, the ending of your story and change some stuff around to their liking so it fit their narrative but um I don't know like i would i would kill him off because i think it would be more impactful that way like he's lived for 40 years at this point he's super old we already know that he's a bit supernatural and whatnot but like he's had his time you know what i'm saying like i i love halloween it's one of my favorite horror franchises of all time uh right up there with like scream um and and child's play essentially so like the thing is i don't want to watch new Halloween films when I'm 40, right? When I'm 80, even if I make it that long, like I, I would like, I would love for people to have a new mass killer that we could, we could look at and watch their franchise as well, because it's not just that people aren't looking into, you know, new, new things. And, and we keep remaking stuff. It's more so if you have a definitive ending to your saga, imagine what that means for you as a creator, when they're coming out with these Halloween 4k box sets later on in life, when 4k is not even a thing, when it's like real D or whatever the fuck it's going to be like when that shit happens and you're, and people are buying your set of movies, like how cool that is. Like, this is my ending to Halloween and it's your shit. Like that's how I want to feel when I do that. I would love to have a definitive ending to something as iconic as the Halloween franchise. If I have my end, like Michael dies at the end of my, you know, I wouldn't do a trilogy. I would do two films because trying to make something a trilogy is just you saying that you want money, you know, and I don't need to make three films when I could make two really good films. You know what I'm saying? You so would, I would do it do all that, the same night like, though, kind of like one and two, right? You would kind of mirror it. Absolutely. I like if you that don't better. do all on the same night, then what's the point? That's That to me is the best form of, of flattery to John Carpenter saying like, I want to take the format that you made reluctantly and I want to make that the definitive end to this character. And I would, I, would give I think John it's a, Carpenter a great life. ode to it, doing it 40 years, a same kind of thing. Like, similar yeah, landscape. One Halloween, two films, shit goes down. I, man. Absolutely. Why don't we just take over? All right, Christian, I need you to raise a bunch of money, and then we'll just go in, and we'll uh, we'll be like, all right, I know you enjoyed Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, but here you go. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up for real this time. Man, I wish life were that easy, dog. And would, we get would... Jamie Lee Curtis for the final time again. She'd be like, are you kidding me right now? You'd have to Dude, back I, up I, like I, a, a bank truck for her to make her do it again, probably. Yeah. In case I didn't say, like, her children would be played by Danielle Harris and um, Oh, you would bring Josh them? Hartnett. You didn't say that. So you'd actually bring Hartnett and Danielle Harris? Yeah, if, if, if Hartness said that he wouldn't do it, then his character, I would have to write him out. I just wouldn't put him in it because it can't be anybody but so him. So if we're doing that logic, are you having Tommy Dole in there and is he Paul Rudd? Um, Here's the thing. I don't really I do have Tommy a reason. way different. I don't have a reason to bring Tommy into my films, but if I, if I were to write him in there, then it would have to be Paul Rudd or nobody. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't change that because it would have to be him. Um, yeah. so it would be him or nobody. And then, um, I could totally do that. But the thing is I wouldn't bring the nurse back that they have in all the movies. I wouldn't bring her back just to kill her. She would get away because she's already died in a sequel, which was, uh, 
H2O. So I wouldn't want to bring her back just to kill her again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she would have lived. Even she, I mean, she could have got stabbed, whatever. But I still would have had her live for sure, just because one, I like the character, and I think that it's awesome that she keeps coming back. But I wouldn't want her to come back just to kill her. Like I, I think that's ridiculous. I also wouldn't have. Um, would you go over the top with kills, or would you keep it more Halloween 1978? In the second one, I would go. I would go hard. I would go hard. So you because go Halloween my- kill style and go like. Just gore fest or so uh in certain kills maybe yeah like but not all of them because the thing is for me my michael isn't a gore hound he just he scares the piss out of people and he does kill them but not every kill needs to be like ridiculously over the top i think having a few of those in there in the movie to for people to talk about later absolutely but uh, not all the time. Um, I the think in the first one, one you it, keep it to the original. You have it. He pretty much just stabbing people. Even like what's the where he stabs in in the wall and like the dude hangs up from the knife, stuff like that. I would keep the first one like that as an ode to the seventy eight one. Yeah. So in my version, uh, I would definitely have the kills be a lot more tame. Um, I would still have a couple of brutal ones in there. I definitely love when Michael like picks somebody up by their head and like crushes them breaks their neck i love stuff like that when he's not just stabbing folks i do enjoy those but i would also have you know some hammer kills i would i would i'll tell you one kill that i put in there he would absolutely somehow grab a a sickle or a scythe excuse me and and kill somebody with that because that was one of the coolest weapons i think michael's ever had and we didn't even see that on screen it was more of an off-screen kill so Definitely would do something with that. Um, one last thing, then. But other than that, I got one last question on yeah. yours. Would you keep yeah. some of the suspense breaking humor, or would you make it where it's like the whole time you're just on the edge of your seat because it's like nonstop? Kind of like the scene in 2018 where he goes through and he's just walking through the houses, just killing people. Like, would you do a long form of that where he's just like murdering like a long yeah. scene? Not obviously the whole movie because you would have to build story, but would you do more of that or would you have like the break where like the the kid that had the jokes, you know, um, in the 2018 one or even the, the boyfriend that died that was playing with the motorcycle? So in mine and both films, I would definitely have really long tracking shots. Um, like like with the the killing in the the houses, I would absolutely keep those, but it would be in both films. And I would go back to what they did in the original Halloween and have the point of view shots where you see Ooh. from like Michael's mask. Yeah. I would bring those back in both films because those made the movies to me. So I would absolutely go back to doing those. Um, and as far as the humor, uh, organic humor, sure. Characters talk and they say still silly things that are funny, absolutely. But I wouldn't have purposeful humor in the movie. I wouldn't have gotcha. Julian's. I wouldn't have the stupid cops. I wouldn't have the peanut butter on my penis. I would take all of that out because that's not the point of these films. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. That was a great question. That was a great topic. Uh, I would love to do more of those, actually. And now I'm seriously going to be thinking about it. Until the next episode, I'm gonna be thinking about like what all I would do different if Halloween was my franchise and I took over. Well, I have a question for the listeners before we wrap up. My okay. question is: after hearing what I would do with my version of Halloween 2018 and my version of Halloween Kills, uh, 
what would you agree what do you agree with with my with my vision of those two films and uh what what would you change if anything i'd like to know if you guys agree with me or not essentially is what i'm saying uh so i would love to hear that on the inside if you're listening to this episode man i can't wait to hear what you got to say so y'all let me know all right awesome that was a great question i look forward to more of those and we'll have more horror content like that for you coming uh throughout the next several episodes and, and possibly going forward because we both are big horror nerds. So we love to talk about this stuff. And that was actually a really fun conversation. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. That brings us to our final segment, which is last call. Pass the whiskey. That's right. Pass the whiskey. It's time to get your whiskeys and let's see what question you guys have us for this week. So Christian, do you have your whiskey? Do you have your drink, sir? Are you ready? All right. Ready to go. Okay. All right. Coming from the one and only Mad Sweeney, he asked, what is a scene you hate from a movie you love? Oh, shit. Um. Ooh. Dude, that's that's hard. A scene that I hate from a movie that I love. See, like, that's the thing, though. Most movies I love, I don't really have scenes that I hate. I'm trying to There are definitely movies that I love that have scenes that I hate, and... I know that it's more than one and trying to narrow it down to one right now that I, you've asked me this question on the spot is pretty difficult. Um, but let me, let me, oh, okay. Um, I'll throw one. I got one. I wouldn't necessarily say I hate it. I'm not crazy about it. Does that, does that count? Sure. Okay. Uh, Wolfman will be DCL del Toro. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't really care for the scene where Anthony Hopkins turns into a wolf at the end. Don't care for it. I don't like how he looks. I just I didn't really get into it. That that scene was meh for me. Wow. You know what's really funny about that? As I think that that scene fucking rules. I loved. I just I don't know. I didn't feel like that was needed necessarily. And it just I don't know. I loved. I loved. I love Anthony Hopkins, but that there were so many more awesome scenes with him and sayings. And then that scene, I was kind of like, eh. I feel like. They were doing a, a Van Helsing kind of like supernatural fight that I feel like wasn't needed. But that was me. I like that because it wasn't in any of the original Wolfman movies. So that was a cool little twist that they added. Um, and I really liked the way that his that Anthony Hopkins looked as a as a Wolfman because he had the white hair instead yeah. of the, you know, black hair. I mean it makes uh, sense. So this is weird seeing him as a wolf. Because they kept Man, their thought, faces, for those that haven't seen it. like They pretty much kept the faces of them and just CGI wolfed them up. So it wasn't like just a I thought typical werewolf. Really, really creepy. The, so as a matter of fact, going into that, there, the scene where he transforms and then he stands up and you see him in his full wolfman look and he's just stalking uh, Lawrence. I love that scene because Anthony Hopkins with the makeup and stuff looks so menacing to me. Uh, so I love that scene. And them fighting, I, I really enjoyed. I liked giving him an em- enemy to fight. And and I really, really thought that they were going to try to make at least one more of those movies. So I was like, well, he's already fought a wolf. So in the next movie, you know, it'll be, you know, just people and, and, and him trying to live or not to die or not to bite anybody or whatever. So I was like really excited by that, but they didn't do more because they didn't do that well. Because you know, the, the they they planned for that movie to be all practical effects, and then last minute did all CGI, which was a mistake. The CGI in that movie was pretty fucking 
ass. It was it was doo doo, dude. I hated the CGI. But I saw all of the behind the scenes pictures before the film came out. And I was excited because they had Benicio del Toro and the makeup and they were showing how they were going to do the transformation scenes and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be just like Universal Wolfman. It's going to be great. And they last, like I said, last minute, man, they changed it um, and, and did that. So uh, I, I, I understand why you don't like it. But for me, I thought it was. I didn't say excellent. I hated it, and but it's just not. Like- like if I had yeah, to pick a scene, that's the first thing coming to mind. I'm sure I could go through and find other scenes and other movies I love, but that popped out right away for me for some reason. Now knowing that they weren't going to make more of those because of how it did, I'm so glad that they had another wolf in there because at least we got that because we weren't going to get any more of those movies. All right, Christian, uh, but as far stop, as stop seeing... deflecting. It's time for you to say yours. All right. Um, I really, I gotta figure this out. Let's see. Um, there's so many movies that have parts of them that I really don't like, so I'm just trying to narrow it down to the first one that pops in my head. Um, Jesus, because right now I'm thinking of movies that I don't really like that have scenes that I absolutely despise, and that's not the question. What's <laughs> um, a movie you love? Is there anything in Halloween? Um, Scream. So in the original Halloween, I pretty much enjoy how that movie goes. I think that's a masterpiece. Halloween 2018, there are definitely scenes I don't like. There's not just one scene that I don't like in Halloween 2018. There's several. The first scene that I can think of that I absolutely hated was Dr. Sartain putting on Michael's mask. Like, I I just couldn't, I couldn't stand that. The first time I saw it, I hated it. Uh, it, it, It took me out of the movie and then he died. So I got back into it and I, I enjoy the movie. I do like Halloween 2018, but that scene in particular, like really, really, really put a bad taste in my mouth. Like I, I really hated that. Um, but if I don't go with that, then probably, um, ah, dang, man. It's a good question. Yeah. So there is a scene. Okay. So I love the Batman that came out this year. Um, love that film. I saw it in theaters like three times. Um, I would have saw it again if I had extra time. But um, there's a scene in that movie that I don't hate, but I could have done without. And it is the very last scene of the film, actually, when he's riding off and he watches Catwoman ride off and then he goes back to Gotham. Like, I don't hate that scene, but they could have definitely clipped that out of there and that would have been fine. Because if they put that scene in the movie... So I, here's the thing. There's a scene where he's looking at the sky, essentially. He's looking at the woman that he just saved, and she's, you know, getting uh, getting saved by the helicopter or whatever. That could have been the end of the film for me, and I would have been happy. And I am glad that we got the scene with him and Selena, because though people think that movie has several endings and, it, you know, it, they're unnecessary, that all of those scenes are necessary for the development of the character Batman, because when he starts the film his Batman is vastly different from the Batman you see riding the the motorcycle, going back to Gotham, not going with Selina. Like he's a vastly different person. He's a vastly different Batman. Um, I'm just saying that that's a scene that like, if it wasn't in the movie, I wouldn't be mad. And if it was just a deleted scene, that would have been fine. Um, But that's the first thing that pops in my head right now. Um, Just, just to say, Um, so, so there is that for sure. Um, 
And then I'm trying to think of another one that's a better example. This is a tough I mean, question because there's so many yeah. films. You gave two good examples, though. I think that works. Cool. Well, then well then we'll we'll go with that because <laughs> I, I just think. You could probably go for a while, though. I mean, if you really started breaking down movies you love, you could probably find something in there that you're like, well, I could have done without this. Like, if you really yeah. wanted to. So that, that'll work. All right, cool. Well, we'll go with those. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Sweeney, for that question. I do. We do really appreciate it. And if you would like your question to be featured on an episode of Sipping with Sin, go to gilded.gg slash Sinister Pack in the application put from the podcast. And there is a whole section just for last call questions. Uh, there's also sections for episode chat, topic suggestions, show us your drinks, personal horror stories, and scary stories and things on the internet that you find. Uh, you can also go to Christian's Corner and talk comics or art or movies, shows, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then you can talk games. There's plenty of game subjects and topics and sports and all kinds of things like that. Throughout the Gilded server is just like Discord if you don't know what Gilded is, uh, except a lot of the paid features are free and Gilded. And I, I like the way it's set up, and so that is where we have our community. So come check it out over there. Uh, you can also suggest or drop a um, last call question on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or Twitter, at Sin. S-I-P-P-I-N, with sin. Go drop us a follow over there. You can submit your questions there if you would like, and we'd love to get it featured on the podcast. Um, and you can uh, show us love over there, because show us love on our socials. You can find me personally, Sinister, on Twitter, Instagram, at Sinister TV, or you can find me live streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash TV, Facebook gaming, fb.gg slash TV, or TikTok at TV. Uh, don't forget, every episode for this podcast comes out on Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Central Time, on pretty much everywhere podcasts available, Spotify, Google, Apple, Overcast, Anchor.fm, all that good stuff. 8 a.m. Central Time, every Wednesday, rate it five stars, subscribe, share it, pass it along. Let's continue to grow. The video version of it also comes out on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Central Time on my personal YouTube, youtube.com slash Sinister. Go over there, subscribe. Let us know. Talk to us about the episode. We'd love to hear it. Yobi, shout out to you. You do that sometimes, and we appreciate it very, very much. Uh, Christian, where can the lovely folks find you on social media if they want to come say hello? All right. You guys can find me on Instagram at Venon Inc. That is V-E-N-A-N-K-A-N-D-A-N-K. All one word. If you guys want to find me on other social medias, I do now have a Facebook. You can just find me at my name, Christian Vincent. If you want to find me on uh TikTok, you guys can find me as well. Just my name now, Christian Vincent, all one word. That's where you can find me. I don't have any other social media because popular social belief. I don't like social media too much. So that's where you guys can find me currently. All right. And tell us what you would do different if you had control of Halloween or if you like Christian's ideas or what you would change. We'd love to hear that. Submit those last call questions. Submit those sinister tales. And we'll see you guys next week. How about that? With more spooky stuff, more talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, one subject we didn't talk about is uh, the new Lord of the Rings show. We may discuss that next week. I don't know if Christian's been into that or not yet, but uh, we may get into that. I'm sure we will. And, of course, uh, more She-Hulk and, and everything else. Spooky season is on the horizon, and the content shall flow with all the spooky goodness. But with that being said, Christian, let's shut it down for this week, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of Sipping with Sin. Be sure to leave a five-star review, smash that like button, leave your comments in the comment section below, but most importantly, don't get gutted. See you guys next week. So much for tuning in to another episode of Sipping with Sin. Please don't forget to leave a rating and submit your last call questions to our socials. That's at Sipping with Sin 
everywhere. And if you want to hit us up personally, you could find me at Ven and Ink. That is V E N and Ink, or I am Sinister TV for the Sinister Man himself. And guys, don't get gutted. <laughs>